Is in my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Glad you're here today. Take a little break from 2 Timothy. I'm going to talk about this gospel reading from Luke today. The big idea is entrance into the kingdom of heaven is by divine accomplishment and not by human achievement. Entrance into the kingdom of heaven is by divine accomplishment and not by human achievement. This is really one of the key teachings of Jesus on the gospel of salvation today. Paul uh, talks about it in Ephesians 2. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, but it is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. So it's not... The whole point is not by what we do, but by who we have faith in. Luke 18, uh, this really is the kingdom of God in context of prayer. How do you get in? I think it's safe to say that all religions except Christianity are based on human accomplishment. And this is natural. It's a natural thing. We're brought up to believe, and, and it's true, when you do well and you work hard, you get rewarded. Right? When you study, you take a test, you pass. You pass enough tests, you graduate. You get a job, you do well, you get promoted, you get a raise, you get a transfer to a place of your liking or something like that. We get rewarded based on how well we perform. It's just a natural part of life. You have the five pillars of Islam, the eightfold path of Buddhism, the law in Israel, Um, but it's not that way in God's economy. It's not about us doing good deeds. It's not about us doing well. It's what he did for us. That's that three-man demonstration I always do at funerals. You have the miserable sinner, God the Father, Jesus off to the side. And when God looks at the miserable sinner, he's unholy, unrighteous, and unacceptable. He starts to do some good works, thinks he's going to make God like him better. They fall at his feet, real filthy rags, until Jesus steps between them. And now the sinner accepts what Christ did for him on the cross, and now he's holy and righteous and acceptable to God, not because of anything he did, but because of what Jesus did for him, and he received it. The audience today with this story is... Uh, anyone who trusted in themselves for their own righteousness and looked down on others. In fact, the way Jesus puts it, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So you've got a lot of people here looking down their noses at, at other people. You wonder why did, why did he tell them this? And another thing is be careful who you look down on. David Dinkins, then mayor of New York, was riding through the city in his limousine with his wife, Joyce. Looking out the window, they recognized a man doing manual labor on the roadside as John, a former suitor of Mrs. Dinkins. Seeing him, the mayor smiled a bit smugly at his wife. You must be glad, so glad, he said, to be married to the powerful mayor in the limo rather than to poor John shoveling alongside the road. His wife smiled. If I'd married John, he'd be be with me in the mayor's limo. 
careful. Two men went down to, to the temple to pray. One went home justified, the other did not. And the outcome of this will be totally, unbelievably shocking to the audience. It will make no sense to them. It's crazy. Back in the day, when this was told, the Pharisee would be the one with the white hat. Very well respected in that society, unlike us today. None of us would like to be called a Pharisee. When you think of Pharisee, you think of hypocrite, ritualistic, traditional, better than others, that kind of thing. Not in those days. They were considered the good guys. He stood to be seen by men in a prominent place in the temple. And Jesus talks about them, the hypocrites. They go out in the marketplace and they stand so that everybody can see them. And he's really praying to himself. He says the word I five times and God once. He has no real need of God. He really is an attitude of God, you're lucky to have me. I'm so wonderful, you're lucky to have me. In fact, they had a theme song. Pharisees. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror because I get better looking each day. To know me is to love me. I must be a heck of a man. Oh, Lord. It's hard to be humble, but I'm doing the best that I can. <laughs> that really was how they felt. I mean it. They were something. And then they, then they said there's only one way to pray. There's a proper way to pray. The proper way for a man to pray, said Deacon Lemuel Keys, and the only proper attitude is down upon his knees. No, I should say the way to pray, said Reverend Dr. Wise, is standing straight with outstretched arms and wrapped in upturned eyes. Oh, no, 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 said Elder Snow, such posture is too proud. A man should pray with eyes fast closed and head contritely bowed. It seems to me his hand should be austerely clasped in front, with both thumbs pointing toward the ground, said Reverend Dr. Blunt. Last year I fell in Hodgkin's well head first, said Cyrus Brown, with both my heels a-sticking up and my head a-pointing down. And I made a prayer right then and there, the best prayer I ever said, the praying is prayer I ever prayed, a-standing on my head. To the Pharisee, all of this was really, really important how you prayed, where you prayed, what the attitude was, what the posture was. What's really important is that you're talking to God. You're having a conversation with God. And the form of it doesn't really matter. Two men went down to the temple to pray. One went home justified. The other did not. The outcome will be shocking. Let's see. After he after. After he says all this about himself, he talks about himself, and he says what he says is true about himself. 
says, I'm not like these other men. Extortioners, he's not an extortioner. Unjust, he's not unjust. Adulterers, he's not an adulterer. Or even this tax collector. He says, I fast twice a week, and he does, and I give tithes of all that I have. He does all those things. Everything he says about himself is true, but Christ says he's lost. He does all those good things, but he says he's lost. He says he fasts twice a week. You were only required to fast once a year. That was on Yom Kippur, the high holy day. One day a year you were required to fast. The Pharisees would fast twice a week. On Mondays and Thursdays they would fast. Those were market days. And so they would go to the market where they would be seen by more people. And they would stand there in disheveled clothing with a whitened face and ashes on their heads so people could see how holy and wonderful they were. Mm. If you had to choose who you'd want in your community, the Pharisees would win over the tax collector every time. Tax collectors were despised. So the way this worked is, uh, let's see, Ed here, uh, he is the district manager of Marion County, so he reports to Rome. Rome comes to him. Charlie has a section, John has a section, Red has a section, and Jim has a section. Now, they tax people in their area, and they will tax the, the cart, the wheels on your cart, the load in your cart, the animals pulling the cart. There is no tax code. It's whatever they can get out of you. And then they will give Ed a portion of what they get from you. And he doesn't really know what they're getting from you. Then he gives back to Rome a certain amount. I mean, these people are absolutely hated. They're worse than a Samaritan. They're the black hat crowd. If This is true. If you touched a tax collector, you had to do three things. You spit in disgust, you burned your clothes, and you took a scalding bath to purify yourself if you touched one. Worse than a leper. Got that? District manager. But he stands far off. The Pharisee's in the middle, standing up. This guy's, he's, he's bowed down. He can't, he can't see himself standing up in the sight of God. He's slumped over, and he beats his breast in anguish. Nowhere in the Old Testament does anybody do this. Nowhere. And it happens here in Luke, in this parable, and in Matthew with people at the cross. The only two times in the Bible where people do that. And he says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, the proper one to pray to. Have mercy, it's the proper request on me, a sinner, and it's a proper recognition of his condition versus the Pharisee who thinks he's just wonderful about everything. When he says, have mercy on me, he's talking about propitiation. It's in the Holy of Holies, you had the Ark of the Covenant, and there was a seat on the Ark of the Covenant, a cover, and it was called the mercy seat. And on Yom Kippur, the high holy day, the high priest would go in there, sacrifice a goat, and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat in propitiation 
for the sins of the people. And this is what he's saying. Have mercy. When he says, have mercy on me, this is what he's talking about. And it's a foreshadowing of Christ's sacrifice for us on the cross. He says, have mercy to me, a sinner. But the Greek, it means have mercy on me, the sinner. He sees himself as the worst of the worst. This is how he regards his nature. And he goes home justified. Not guilty. He's saved. He's permanently right with God. Can you imagine the audience reaction to this? When you have the Pharisee standing here telling everybody how wonderful he is and you have this tax collector who everybody hates over here in the corner and Jesus says, I tell you the truth, this man went home justified, not this one. It was immediate salvation. He didn't need to be circumcised. He didn't need to be baptized in the proper way. Well, I know you were baptized, but how were you baptized? Who did the baptism? Didn't have to offer a sacrifice. I think of the thief on the cross. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. I tell you the truth, this day you will be with me in paradise. He wasn't baptized. He wasn't confirmed. He never took communion. He lived a life worthy of crucifixion. And Jesus says, this day you will be with me in paradise because you have now put your faith in me. One thought he could please God on his own. The other knew he couldn't. Pharisee had everything. The tax collector had nothing. So the question for us is, where am I? Am I saying I'm glad I'm not a Pharisee? Sunday school teacher taught on this lesson and said, children, bow your heads and pray and thank God that you're not a Pharisee. Thank God that I'm not like other men. That's what that would be like. That's the danger of religious self-deception. Modern-day counterpart to Pharisees would be a good evangelical Bible-believing Christian. Go to church. You're in the choir. You're a reader server. The problem is very often this is form versus reality. You do it and you just check the box. It means nothing. You do it because this is what you're supposed to do or this is what I was brought up to do or this is what people expect of me rather than I'm doing this out of a relationship that I have with the living God. What we all need is a life-changing experience with God. Like that song said, nothing in thy hand, my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Our only hope of going to heaven is to do what this tax man did. It isn't so much praying a sinner's prayer as it is having a real encounter with Jesus Christ. In one of his books, John Warwick Montgomery has a little fable it's a scene at the entrance to heaven where St. Peter is manning the entrance desk by the, near, by the pearly gates. Up comes a fine-looking man all dressed up. When he rings the bell, St. Peter says, Can I help you? And the man says, I would like to have entrance into heaven. And St. Peter said, Excellent. We're certainly glad to have you. We always want more people in heaven. Then St. Peter says, In order to enter heaven, you have to earn a 1,000 points. The man said, That shouldn't be any problem. 
I've been a very good man all my life. I've been very involved in civic things. I've always given a lot of money to charitable causes. For 25 years, I was the chairman of the community chest fund drive. As St. Peter wrote it all down, he said, that's a marvelous record. That's one point. Taken aback, the man added, I was married to my wife for 45 years. I was always faithful. We had five children, three boys and two girls. I always loved them and spent a lot of time with them and made sure they got a good education. Always took good care of them, and they turned out so well. I'm a real family man. St. Peter said, I'm very impressed. We don't get too many people up here like you. That's another point. Sweating profusely now, the man started shaking. You don't understand. I was active in my church. I went every Sunday. I gave money every time they passed the plate. I was a deacon and an elder. I taught Sunday school for 20 years. And St. Peter said, your record is certainly admirable. That's another point. And then he added, let me add this up. That's one, that's two, that's three points. Only 997 to go. Trembling, the man fell to his knees. In desperation, he cried, but for the grace of God, nobody could get in here. St. Peter looked at him and smiled. Congratulations, you just received a thousand points. It wasn't about all his good works. It was about his relationship with God. If you want to go to heaven, you've got to get there by the grace of God or you won't get there at all. Salvation begins when a person understands that he cannot save himself. The door to heaven has a sign over the top, and the sign reads, For sinners only. If you qualify, come on in. Jesus died for sinners and for no one else. That's why the Pharisee was lost, though he was a good, though he was good, and the tax collector was saved, although he was bad. One man held on to his good works while the other clung to the mercy of God. And I pray that it is so with us. I looked for a video about humility and redemption, and they were all so dirgy. I went with one of my favorites about Jesus.
Entrance into the kingdom of God is by divine accomplishment and not by human achievement. Amen.